Ugh, our 20s. The drunk dialing, the forgetting to wash our face at night, and yes, neglecting our teeth. Don't do that last one. You only get one set of teeth, so you need to protect them. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface and locks in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. Pronamel also makes a new mouthwash, which helps to repair acid-weakened enamel beyond brushing alone. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair any where you buy your toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit pronamel.com today. Conair is spreading love and celebrating women, not just on International Women's Day, but every day with Conair Girl Bomb. Girl Bomb is their new line of powerful hair removal tools made just for us. Whether it's the silky smooth skin or the empowering confidence boost you get, Conair Girl Bomb is here to amp up those positive vibes with some self care. So to all the beautiful women out there, keep shining, keep being you, and treat yourself to some Conair Girl Bomb magic. You deserve it. Now available at Walgreens. As someone who works for themselves, I'm always looking for ways to make my life a little bit easier. One of those things is Canva's AI-powered Canva presentations. When I need to make a deck super quick for a meeting or a pitch, I just start with a prompt, describe my presentations in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides in seconds. It is the perfect way to get a head start on my slides. It's incredibly easy to learn and use and they also look incredible. I can then customize based on my favorite style and content, and there we go. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com, designed for work. Hello, and welcome back to the psychology of your 20s, the podcast where we talk through some of the big life changes and transitions of our 20s and what they mean for our psychology. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to another episode. This week, it's a fabulous, wonderful guest episode with a lovely human. I'm so glad to have her on board. Thank you. Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. Um, What's so you, your name? Yeah, I'm sorry, do you want me to introduce <laughs> like, myself now? So yeah. Um, I'm Laura. Hi. Um, hi. <laughs> um, yeah, it's so fun to be here. Yeah. It's really exciting. Laura, um, how do we know each other before we jump into... We have a mutual friend, um, yeah. EJ. Yeah, because she's on the podcast. EJ and Gia. Yeah, they were literally Yeah, they were like... last time. Yeah, well, EJ and Gia are my roommates. Yes. So we went out to dinner and then we yeah. got chatting and here I am. That's how it works. If you ever want to come on the podcast, um, <laughs> I'm just going to like vaguely approach you after like a weird Mexican dinner and be like, Hi. <laughs> You Slide. should come on the podcast. That's basically what I did with you. Remember, I slid yeah. into your Instagram DMs. Well, because, yeah, you said it, like, at dinner when I told you about what I was doing at uni. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I think she, I think I might be on the podcast. And I was just kind of waiting to see if, I if, it, actually, if it actually happened. Yeah. And then I you messaged always... me. And I was like, oh, so oh, exciting. I've been chosen. Yeah. <laughs> I always stick to my word. I feel like once I've, like, met someone, I'm like, I love this. I love your vibe. Yeah. And... My God, it sounds like I'm like approaching you for like a threesome. Like, I love their vibe. <laughs> That's <So>. really funny. <laughs> but I'm like, I love their vibe. They have an interesting story of which you do, which we're going to get into very yes. shortly. <laughs> I'm like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Next, next step. So maybe that's worth talking about. Yeah, what I do. 
Why? But why are we? Why are you on the show today? What's 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 special about you? <laughs> what's special about me? Yeah. Um. Well, the thing you know that made you approach me <laughs> was my uni degree. So I do a degree in forensic mortuary. Mm-hmm. Um. So I don't know if for people who don't really know what that means. Um. When someone dies, I will perform an autopsy and figure out how they died. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I do a medical degree yeah a medical degree I yeah. feel like that's a really great way to put it yeah because it's bachelor of medical science in brackets forensic mortuary oh that's my, my official title that's great okay one thing that I wanted to know is how many people are in your course because <laughs> so I'll just quickly say this the reason also I wanted to bring you on was because I'm trialing this new series called unconventional where I get people such as yourself who are doing career paths that I wouldn't say are alternative like it is still a, a definite established career path mm-hmm. um, and something that is very necessary in society yes <laughs> but something that I think most children aren't like when I grow up I want to be a mortician yeah the same way that they're like I want to be a ballerina or I want to be a doctor or whatnot. yeah exactly so I was like this is such an interesting um an interesting like concept to me and you're such an interesting person that you have decided to do this. And yeah. Like, so how many other people would you say are in the same boat with you? Well, I'm pretty sure there's 18 of us currently because I'm in my last semester at uni. So yeah. in two weeks, I'm that's it. I'm graduated. Yay. Um, yeah, very exciting. Very nerve wracking, but exciting. Um, but yeah, I think there's 18 of us currently. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that everyone actually will go into the field. Um, of forensic mortuary technician I think that a few people want to go on to do research and things like that yeah um so it's very small very compared small. to my other uni classes because I have like a placement like unit yeah and yeah there's 18 of us in that. 18 people yeah and what do you mean by research because you obviously want to be hands-on yes um I think a lot of people just want to do it um maybe as like a stepping stone into other kind of medical things I'm not really sure. We have a lot of people from very diverse, yeah. like, areas. I know, like, someone I used to do it with um, wanted to be a teacher, was a teacher beforehand and oh, wow. has now transitioned. So there's a lot of different stories within how people end up there because it's definitely not. An... It's unconventional. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say normal, but I was like, no, unconventional. That's yeah. a very good word. I think it's totally normal. Do you think, Yeah. what do you think are some of the common Sorry, we're about to get into serious questions. Yeah, I'm of just course. kind of like spitballing here because yeah. I think this is so fascinating. But what do you think are some of the reasons people get into this field? Or why did you decide, like, this is what I want to do with my life right now? Yeah. Well, um, I've always been really into like science yeah. and I've really loved like biology, that kind of thing um, at school. And I think I used to, I, I always really I fucked up my words, but. Yeah, you've always really. <laughs> I used to want to be a vet because I really like animals, obviously. Yeah. You know that that's what I do is my side hustle at the moment. Yeah. You're <laughs> is looking after dogs. Yeah. Exactly. Um, that's carrying me through uni. But I really, I ended up doing a volunteering work at a vet clinic when yeah. I was probably about 14. And I really liked like watching the surgeries. I thought it was really interesting. Um, the reason that I stopped doing that was because when people were crying about putting their dogs down, I just wanted to cry with them. And it was so heartbreaking. And I was like, this is not very professional if I cry with every single person. So I 
switched and yeah. then when I was 16 I was really obsessed with this show called Silent Witness on the BBC I used to watch it every Friday with my mum yeah um what's it about it's what's about it? a forensic pathologist oh okay there we go so yeah so forensic mortuary technician is what I will be after this yeah whereas forensic pathologist is kind of like the higher Mm-hmm. the analogy that I made to you earlier about the nurse versus the surgeon. Yeah. That's so it was about the surgeon one, the yeah. forensic pathologist. Um, and yeah, I just thought it was really interesting watching her dissect people essentially. Yeah. Um, and because I've always been interested in medicine, I just started Googling how to become a forensic pathologist. And then I found this degree. And then since I was 16, I just kind of stuck with it. I just decided, okay, that's what I'm going to do. Um, yeah, so I don't really, I just kind of, I just kind of stumbled into it, I guess. And I've just stuck with it, but I've really, whilst, cause I've just finished my, um, cause I'm in my last degree, I've, I'm my last degree in my last semester, I've just finished my clinical placement period. Um, and the part that I actually found that I've really enjoyed about it was mm. feeling like I was taking care of people when they couldn't yeah. anymore. that's that's such a beautiful way of putting it yeah because there was a couple cases that were quite confronting and or because obviously our job is to find cause of death so you need to know their medical history their Mm. personal history we get a story that comes kind of with them from the police about what happened that kind of thing so that we and the pathologist knows what to look for yeah because the whole point is to be as non-invasive as possible because you don't really want to be you know doing all these procedures to someone if you don't have to yeah. if you could just do a scan a ct scan and find a cause of death yeah um but so some of the ones that were more challenging it felt really nice to like after we'd done a procedure especially sometimes we wash their hair Aww. we like we wash the body down you know we make sure they're really yeah. clean and we restore them like part of the job is res- restoration yeah so it's it felt really nice to be able to wash their hair brush their hair and make sure they were like taken care of and it felt even though it was a hard thing to do it made me feel like I was helping them in a way when they couldn't help themselves anymore yeah yeah so I think that's actually something that I didn't think about before I went on placement but it that that really it made me feel good like it felt like I was doing something so like so worthwhile yeah yeah that is absolutely stunning I (laughs) I, like that is such not that there are any wrong answers but like what a what a beautiful answer. And do you think, oh, think that that is like a common motivation? Like wanting to, obviously you came into this being like, I'm just fascinated by this. I've had this, um, you know, fictional hero who does yeah. this kind of work and it's brought me into this kind of field. And, but do you think now that you're kind of beginning to work in this profession on a professional level, like yeah. doing it as almost, you're almost about to graduate and it's going to become your job. Yeah. What do you think some of those really important skills or traits are to have if you want to if you're considering pursuing this kind of job yeah so everyone pretty much everyone that I like interacted with whilst I was on this placement period they all we all had that same respect like obviously you know it's not a normal thing this job like it's not normal to to deal with dead people every day and it's very like confronting and mentally tiring but I've never felt more supported in a work environment than when I was on that placement period because that I remember my lecturers have actually discussed this with us before like when I started kind of this year that it's so important to make those connections with your like like your peers and your co-workers in the future because no one else will understand 
what you're going through yeah. than those people. And so it was like this beautiful community and everyone shares this respect for like how important what we're doing is and that, you know, this person, like whoever they are, someone loved them. Some yeah. They were someone's entire world. And it's so important that we find out what happened to them to give that family closure, but to also respect them as yeah. a person and to make sure that they're taken care of. And I felt that with everyone, that, yeah. that that's a shared kind of belief and like the motivation for it. Mm. Um, yeah. I think that answered your question. It really did. <laughs> and it's, honestly, it's really changing my perspective because I think when we think of people who deal with dead bodies, it yeah. can be really strange. Yeah. <laughs> Would you find that's like a reaction a lot of people have? Yeah. I've, I, the only kind of two reactions I get when people ask what I do, which comes up all the time. I feel like I talk about my degree all the time because you know, you go to the hairdresser and they ask you what yeah. you're up to. And I go, Oh, I'm at uni. And they go, Oh, what you do at uni? And then I have to go, I cut up dead people. Yeah. And what, oh my God. I yeah. I yeah. just like, Oh, I, and do stuff on the internet yeah <laughs> um yeah I either get like oh my god wow that's so cool I love NCIS or, <laughs> like the amount of yeah. people that are like oh I used to love criminal minds um and or I've had a couple people who kind of go oh and they give me like this weird look like oh okay that makes and someone even told me once that oh that makes me feel a little uncomfortable and I was, and I was like okay why someone has to do it but yeah like, exactly and I think that honestly I was actually talking about this with one of my um supervisors I had on placement that this I feel like a lot of it is because you you know like you watch movies and tv shows and that and a lot of the time like the morticians and that they're painted as like these kind of like creeps like I was gonna say that that's Obviously, I met you. I really like you. Like, yeah. we get along very well. You're a lovely human. I wish you Thank guys you. could see how lovely she is <laughs> um, off the microphone. Thank you. But I think what my perspective is, like, exactly that. Like, yeah. before I met you, it was, like, these people are, like, strange, yeah. um, like, middle-aged men who <laughs> yeah. are all bald for some reason yeah. in, my, in my mind. I always think of – this is going to be such a weird comparison, but if you've ever seen – did you watch Riverdale? No, I didn't. I didn't. And you know what? I'm glad I didn't. Because now I like see it on TikTok all the time and I'm like, ew. It's so bad. But I like, it came out in high school when I was like 15. Yeah. So I was the target demographic. And there's, I, oh my God, people are going to think I'm so weird. But there's this guy on it who's the mortician and he's like called Dr. Curdle or something. And he's the creepiest dude. They really? paint him as like this absolute creep and he's always just like he's like taking bribes and stuff and just being all like they always film him like he's just like eerie and, oh. it, and I hate it because mm. then people watch that and then like yeah <laughs> you think that's some of the stigma that comes along with this? I think so I'd like yeah like people who work with dead people or like people like funeral directors or something like mm. that people always see them as like like what that because it's weird yeah, yeah it's because they're like well what's wrong with you why do you want to work with dead people yeah yeah but <laughs> but here we are <laughs> yeah here we are yeah but I do think that that definitely is something that the more that I get into it the more I'm like oh I wish that that wasn't a thing yeah. because it is like everyone there like just wants to take care of the yeah. people and like it, yeah, like you said, like it's a, someone has to do this job. Yeah. And I like personally, I find it very interesting because I like the science of it. Like yeah. I, I have such a passion for like anatomy of the human body because I think it's so interesting the way that we like 
uh, like born and then keep living and just the way that our bodies keep us alive all the time, like your organ systems and that. I just think it's so interesting. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. But then it's also the added bit of like being able to take care of those people. Yeah. You know, that's kind of my thing about it. And you would say that's like the best part of your job? Yeah. Yeah. I would think so. Yeah. And I think as well, because like I was only on placement for two weeks, but I felt like everyone was so friendly and close to each other because it is an experience that only a very few amount Mm. of people are going to understand. Yeah. Because especially the field is really small as well. And, you know, it's not something that most people can relate to. So it, it felt, it was like a real kind of community, nice environment. And that was really nice as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because I can imagine, and please correct me if I'm wrong, Mm -hmm. but like the levels of burnout would be pretty high. Yeah. I think we do get, there is a quite high dropout rate in this degree as well, I think. Just because obviously some people really don't, it's not for them. It's not definitely not for everyone, this kind of job. But yeah, there's definitely... Obviously, some people die in incredibly traumatic ways and or even if they're not traumatic, if it mirrors something that's happened in your life, it can be quite like yeah. triggering. So, yeah, there is definitely times where people who work in that field are going to freak out and yeah. not be able to cope with it. But like, I think that's why that community is so important. important. Yeah. And yeah. that kind of leads to my, like, second question. Hmm. Second question? Next question. <laughs> I feel like we've already asked we've you a touched lot. on many things. I know. I've already asked you so many questions. But what do you think is the hardest part of this? Other than, you know, the stigma, like you said, being triggered yeah. by your own experiences, which is yeah. unavoidable, I think, in many professions. Yeah. Um, but what is really, what do you think is the hardest part? Um, <laughs> It sounds, I don't think that for me the mental toll is the hardest part I think mine was is like the physical nature is that it's quite it's it's a very physically intensive Mm. job and you're on your feet all day I think that's I know that's quite a boring answer no no but (laughs) but it's yeah it's just quite physically intensive and I that's actually I was thinking about this the other day that along with the stigma thing it's like it is a hard job obviously both emotionally but also physically as well it's very like labor intensive you're on your feet all the time you know people are heavy you have to lift things you know like because you know moving bodies around that kind of thing like it's they're heavy um yeah and so people you know it's, it's hard both emotionally and physically and so if people didn't like what am I trying to say here that if people weren't so passionate about it, they wouldn't do it. It's not just a job that you fall into yeah. because it's easy. It's you need to be passionate to want to do that job. You need yeah. to care about going to work every day. Yeah. That, you know, that's the important, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like that is the same with a lot of jobs, but yeah. particularly in your profession, yeah. I think most of us don't like to think about death, Yeah, which is a very, very human animal reaction like Uh even before we were recording this episode we were having this massive chat about loss and grief and and death and how difficult that is yeah and do you think that that in any way um that working so close to those who are no longer alive Hmm. has impacted you when it comes to other things that have happened in your life I think that Yeah, it definitely, like I was telling you before this when we were talking about our loss and everything, that 
yeah, I have, I've personally lost a few people in my life mm-hmm. and it actually, it kind of motivated me to push harder in this degree. Cause I think, especially during COVID, you know, everyone at uni was, I think was struggling with everything being online, Yeah. but I really was kind of struggling to feel motivated to do it. But I think having those, my personal experiences, mm-hmm. it made me want to help the families of these people more because yeah. I've been on the side of that yeah you know I know how traumatic it is when you lose someone so like especially unexpectedly so I think that kind of fueled me to want to do it more because that means that now I can be a part of finding out what happened to their loved one and being able to tell them like what actually happened and yeah I don't know yeah I think it it kind of the the being around the dead people all the time I think it Mm. actually in a way has made me like more compassionate and more like just more aware because obviously you know I am like you're around death all day and it makes you really it kind of just made me really appreciate yeah like being alive and yeah and just being more gentler on people as well because I have no idea you know who they've lost or or even like sometimes now I see because I've seen so many different people come through that I sometimes see people on the street and I'm like oh wow like they remind me of this person and like it makes me want to be nicer because when we like get these people and we see like their life story yeah and it just makes me be like I have no idea what's going on with anyone else because that's this sad life that someone has lived and now I get to take care of them but like when I'm out around living people yeah I it just makes me feel so much more compassion because I really have no idea what they could be going through kind of thing yeah it feels like it's given like you're able to give a gift to others in terms of closure yeah exactly which is honestly like one of the best things yeah you can hope for if you've lost someone unexpectedly exactly or in really tragic circumstances yeah um, it's just being given that gift of closure but it's also given you like a much stronger gift of empathy yeah and I would say you're already an incredibly compassionate (laughs) person so thank you you've just been heightened but is it um I just want to touch on that mm. part that just one thing that you said to me that I was like, wow, that's really interesting. When you see people on the street yeah. who look like people that you've seen at their like most vulnerable yeah. end of life state, um, is it, is it strange? Like, or is it more, or is it just that singular reaction of like, because I, because you, I can relate to you because you remind yeah. me of someone I want to treat you better or it can it be like kind of an emotional reaction yeah sometimes I think it definitely can be um especially if someone looks quite similar yeah. um and obviously I was only on placement for two weeks so I feel like when you work there obviously you're more going to happen but sometimes reading people's stories yeah like you might feel more connected with someone because you look at their story and you're like oh wow like that's similar to me and I think then if mm. you saw someone who looked like them in public then that would be more of an emotional thing but I also think that um a lot of it is like you you get quite desensitized to that because you kind of have to because if you go in and you're like so sad about death every day you're not going to be able to do the job job. Yeah. yeah and like and like ultimately like I'm you know I'm there to do this job as best I can and make sure that these people are looked after yeah so I kind of you kind of need to leave that um leave that at home and yeah yeah. and and yeah there's a you you really have to be quite mentally strong to be able to separate your work from your home life and not take work home with you um but yeah I definitely like sometimes I I yeah you you would see people and I'm like wow 
yeah you look just like this person or yeah yeah what cases do you think are the hardest do you think it's people who are our age who are young or yeah I don't um yeah obviously yeah children is always a hard one yeah um but I I find more the stories yeah, yeah. are the are the harder ones um when it's you read one that someone had no family or something or oh, really that rough. they were alone like that yeah. is a hard one um more than like yeah like it's it's very like determined on like the case yeah but there's yeah it's definitely yeah children children is a hard one I even find sometimes just um like elderly people because obviously we live in an aging yeah like aging population, population but yeah, it is, it is, there's, uh, yeah, <laughs> it makes you realise there's a lot of old people that, um, yeah. like, especially, like, die alone, which is very, yeah. I find that sad. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my biggest fears. Yeah. I, honestly, because I, I, this is a kind of a tangent, but sometimes I'm like, oh, I want to, like, um, you know, be alone forever and, like, just never yeah. marry and be single and just, like, live a great life, a childless life, like, yeah. I just get a travel and then I'm, like, the flip side of that is like, what if I end up dead and no one finds me? For yeah, like weeks. Yeah, yeah. Those are always because you, cause you yeah. read about stories like that where like neighbors call because of you know there's flies on the windows or there's a smell and that's yeah, which is so which is which is so sad. sad. Or yeah. it's like the other one I read this really sad story today about this guy who was found in WA. Mm. Kind of related, not really, but um, WA for those American listeners is a state in Australia, um, <laughs> and they he was um what's it called not a motorbike rider mountain bike rider oh, mountain bike, yep. and he had been missing for like 10 days or something and no one knew who he no one had noticed that he was missing and he got into like a really bad accident while he was mountain bike riding and some woman with her dog like found him yeah and I was like that is really really sad that there is no one to notice yeah. your absence exactly yeah like no one to notice your absence because your presence yeah exactly wasn't that felt and I'm sure his presence was felt in ways that yeah we might not even know yeah um but I can definitely see why that would be very very difficult yeah yeah definitely there's been ones whilst I was on the two-week placement that we would read and it's like because that you you tend to chat about them a lot as well because yeah like I said like that community no one else understands what you're going through so we tend to there's a lot of talk about like oh well that's sad and we all read the yeah. story and we that's like that's really that's really nice yeah there's a lot of conversation about it and yeah I remember there was one um where we were like oh that's so sad because yeah no one no family like they've yeah. been left for a while and that's it is it's hard because it's like that's it's that's sad that there was yeah. no one yet to realize that you were missing or no one checking up on you. Yeah. Yeah. And do you feel like, I feel like that would almost make what you were saying better, whereby you're able to give them that like, exactly. Or, yeah. Oh my God. Can you hear the noise? Is that someone's car? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry if you guys can hear that, but we've got, someone's having a little party in the street. Behind <laughs> we're recording. Go off. We're talking about death. They're living life. Like, oh my God. I Duality of man. Duality of man. <laughs> Okay, so we had a little bit of a distraction because there were people walking <laughs> up and down the street um, having an amazing time. But I guess that actually really links to what I want to talk about next. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have kind of touched on this before, but how do you think this work has changed your perceptions around death and what a good death is? Yeah. Um, I Obviously, I think that a lot of people would think that there's probably no good way to die because obviously it's a 
it's not a good thing. But I think it, it has just made me appreciate being like alive more. I think I said that before, but um, I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's hard to like say what a good death is because like you can never really, you, that's, it's one thing that you can't really control. I mean, yeah. actually, well, I guess some people do can in terms that. of, yes, yeah. um, like with suicides and that, but yeah, I don't, I don't think there's really a good time ever to mm. die, but I like what we were talking about before of not being alone. Like I would just not. That's yeah. what I wouldn't like. I wouldn't enjoy being left. Yeah. If that makes sense. But then again, that's why I think I feel like this job is really important yeah. is that then we can help. Yeah. You know. Do you find that this job makes you think more about death? Um I I do think actually yeah because I think then in terms of however that person has died whether it be you know an accident or a medical thing like I was saying to you before I've never felt like I wanted to be healthier in my life because yes. obviously um you know obesity and that is a big problem within mm. modern like the modern world and wow I've never really? wanted yeah well because even if someone looks relatively healthy on the outside sometimes I don't know if you've ever heard of the phrase like I think someone said it when I was in high school, but like skinny fat, where it's like skinny on the outside, but fat on the inside. What does that mean? So like when you have like, not sometimes a poor diet, but like your organs can develop. This is just like a medical lesson. Yeah. (laughs) Give it to us. (laughs) They develop, you develop more fat around your organs. So even if you look relatively healthy in quotations (laughs) on the outside, your organs can be quite unhealthy. Yeah. And yeah. And so sometimes now I think I'm like, wow, they, when someone I know is quite thin or like you see someone who's quite thin, but maybe they don't eat well. I'm like, they could still be really unhealthy. Yeah. Really unhealthy on the inside. And it's yeah. Cause I don't think about that with myself a lot. Like I think that I, you know, I would, I eat relatively healthy and you know, I like, I do my exercise, but yeah. I'm like, wow, maybe my organs don't look great. <laughs> That's so weird because you yeah. would see them. You would yeah. see like what it looks like. Well, and that's the other thing as well with like, I was talking about this with the other people I went on placement with that now sometimes I see people and I'm like, I bet I know what your organs look like. Really? <laughs> yeah. My because... God, don't look too close to me. <laughs> Hopefully my organs are, I'm not. I'm sure your organs would be beautiful. Thank you so much. Don't you worry. I exercise, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> I had some strawberries for lunch. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) What's the weirdest organ do you think? Like that you when you're doing your examinations, Mm. is there one that you're like, oh yeah, I can't wait to get to the brain, or like, oh dang, I've got to remove the pancreas, or like look at the pancreas? Um, I don't think there's one that I like. Oh, they get excited. I do like to look at people's hearts because your heart. I think heart health tells you a lot about overall health because obviously it's a very important organ. Um, so I do think it's really interesting to see people's hearts because even some people who are quite small, um, your heart weight is supposed to be like roughly, I can't remember the percentage, but it's Mm. supposed to be like a specific percentage of your overall body weight to be healthy. And some people's hearts are just absolutely massive. And you wouldn't even think that. Do they get to control that? Or like, uh, is it about health? Yeah. Heart health is about, um, not like sometimes diet, but mostly exercise because your heart is a muscle. So the more that you 
work that muscle. Yeah, the leaner. The bigger it. Oh, the bigger it gets. Yeah, because I think it's some. I'm not. I'm not the best at it, but so well. Like I know that your diet can affect like your heart and that kind of thing. I'm. I'm. I haven't done my medical degree yet. I'm not. I'm don't. I'm not a doctor yet. But yeah, (laughs) yes. You know more than most of us. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. So like, it's kind of crazy seeing some people who on the outside you wouldn't think their organs were that unhealthy, but then you open them up and oh my god, wow, look out look how big that organ is or look how big their liver is look how big their heart is yeah um so I do enjoy the heart to see that because that's quite indicative um but I do always just as well when you first see the organs it's always very interesting because sometimes it's not what you expected to see at all yeah it's just like whoa they looked quite healthy this is not what I expected so that's quite interesting but obviously the grossest part is the bowels because... Oh, my God. Yuck. <laughs> Wait, explain. Is that TMI? But can you explain that more? Like, I thought maybe this is my, like, pleb knowledge. That <laughs> when people die, like, all their, in like, unprocessed food just gets exerted. Yeah, no. Um, Sometimes, sometimes people do, like, I guess, like pee themselves poop themselves when they die because of that release of muscles but a lot of times you still get it quite like because obviously your intestines is quite a long pathway yeah so if it's like somewhere in there that's not close to the end we just have to like scoop it out well yeah it depends you try to kind of keep the bowel intact because it doesn't smell very nice um because it's a bowel but sometimes it bursts or it'll come out yeah you just kind of you wear a hell of a lot of PPE, like yeah, pe- yeah, personal protective equipment. There's, I wear like seven layers whilst oh you're. Oh my gosh! I didn't yeah, even think three about pairs that. of gloves. Like you're really kitted up, um, yeah. because it's and that's just to protect us. Because if you know we get everyone from all walks of life, they could have anything. Like I don't want, I want to protect myself. Yeah. If they have a disease or just yeah. like you, just don't really want to get someone else's fluid on, on you because that's just not pleasant. Um, yeah. So you just kind of, you just deal with it. You, it's very much like if anyone's a nurse, they would totally get it. Nurses get very desensitized to poop because that's just part of the job. And it's the same with this. You just, you get used to it. That's That's crazy because that's a whole different world to the kind of work I do. Yeah. If someone was pooping on my table all the time, I'd be like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. Like, why is my office friend shitting everywhere? (laughs) Like, what? Okay. This kind of is kind of off topic, but. I just want to ask really quick, yeah. is what's like the biggest, if you told someone about your job, like mm. what do you think is a fact or something that would surprise someone the most about your job? Um, I think the one that I think shocks people is the amount of people that we get in every day, the amount of admissions we have every day. Because obviously yeah. everyone knows that people die all the time. But even me, when I first started my first day of placement, I was like, whoa, that's yeah. a lot of people um yeah because you know you get you get like I mean there's not a set number obviously because it's not yeah. an exact science but yeah like it's it's a it's a lot um and you just don't really think about how many people yeah are dying all the time and so I think that's I remember telling my mom about it and she would ask like oh how many people do you have in today and I'd be like oh like nine and she was like whoa nine overnight I was like yeah that nine yeah nine people yeah and how what's the average for would you have like an average on a weekly basis but you obviously Uh, don't serve the entire city like no yeah so there's because there's three facilities um does everyone who dies have to go through no there's a there's a set of uh legislation um that's 
the Coroner's Act of 2009, I'm pretty sure it is. My God, she's done. She if knows my, her shit. If my, if my lecturer, her last exam. If my lecturer is listening to this and I got that wrong, please don't yell at me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was Coroner's Act 2009. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a list of like reasons why someone would be admitted. So yeah, because normally someone dies and then um, if it was essentially if it was not in if if it wasn't expected for that person if they weren't supposed to die or if they were going in for a routine operation and then died that they shouldn't that shouldn't have been the outcome then they'll get sent to us if they're in hospital or if they're in a government facility of any kind like hospitals if they're in custody if they're in mental institutions like anything like that if they're under the care of any government agency then they get sent to us even if they know yeah. what happened. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because I thought you were about to say the opposite. And I was like, I'm sorry. Oh. If someone died in custody, I feel like I would want an yeah. examination of yeah. what happened there. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Yeah. They all get sent. Um, Yeah. And it's so it's only really like if because normally if someone dies, they'll call up. The police will call up their doctor um, oh, and I didn't know that. be like, will you sign off on this death certificate? You know, do you think that they um, that, do you think that they this was what you expected for them um and a lot of the time doctors will just say yeah if they've had you know if they've had terminal cancer for four years or something oh yeah they're gonna be like yeah i'll sign off on that that was expected or if they're 95 and they've got this host of health problems yeah okay i'll sign off on that but um i'm pretty sure the doctors can also part of the coroner's act is if you don't report because they're called like reportable deaths yeah what the legislation is under and if you don't report that as a doctor, you can get in quite significant trouble. So a lot of time we do get bodies in where you'll look at the history and they've got this massive long health history and they've been in hospital for two years or something. And you're like, why are they here? Yeah. Because that just progresses the progress for the family. Like that body yeah. could have just been sent straight to the funeral home. They could have their funeral. Yeah. Um, but it yeah. It's a bit unnecessary, like unnecessary yeah. grief. And exactly. Trauma. But yeah. they tend to err on the side of caution just because they don't want to lose their medical license. But yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's definitely some that you get in that don't need to be there, but not, not every single person who dies will be sent to us. Yeah. Okay. That is really surprising. Yeah. There we go. We're learning more. (laughs) And we've talked about how it's changed your perspectives on death, Mm. but something you said to me that really stuck with me when we were chatting before we started recording, you could die tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so how has it impacted like how you live your life now? Obviously you want to be healthier. Yeah. Like, you're a lot more present, a lot more present to the, to every moment and being like, Oh wow, life is really amazing. Yeah. But is there anything else that it's really impacted on for you? Um, I don't, it, I think it's, it's, yeah, it's a hard question. Cause I think I've already, already as a person with my own like experiences, I've been very much like not taking life for granted. Like I'm very much yeah. like a live in the moment kind of person, but yeah, I do think it, yeah, I really, I just think that it, it just makes me appreciate life more. I'm not sure if there's really anything else that it's affected in me as a person besides mm. like the compassion, like just more that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. But maybe that's something you'll see as you get more into it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I like, I've only had this very limited kind yeah. of experience because obviously like I've done, I've done a three year uni degree. Um, so I've like known what it was about, but obviously actually experiencing that every day for two weeks is a lot, a, a, yeah, a lot more. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, it's hard to think of anything off the top of my head. I think I might just, it might be something that comes more with yeah. time. And is it a job that you see yourself doing for the rest of your life? We talked about this before. Yeah. 
Really, um, let's examine that a bit more. <laughs> um, I it is incredibly like exhausting, both mentally and I mean, I find it more physically exhausting than mentally. But um, I've I've been told by my lecturers before that I am just a little bit strange in that um, nothing really grosses me out. Really, mm. like even when I was on placement, there was some cases where the experienced technicians were like, "That's gross," and I was like, oh, "It doesn't really." yeah bother me um but definitely like the physical exhaustion and because that you know it makes me have this more appreciation for life it's like do I want to be spending my life working all the time because it's yeah. very because it's a very it's long hours because you know people are dying all the time yeah. and there's never any there's there's never any stop to that there's always going to be people dying and so if you you know we have the weekend off and then you come back on Monday and it's just massive yeah you know and I think that's I don't know if I could see myself doing it for the rest of my life. Like, I love it. I really, really yeah. enjoy it. But then again, and it's very much like um, a job where it's like, that's the job. There's not really much more to, yeah. that you can't really progress up in the fields unless you do like further study. Yeah. So like once you start, like that's that. Yeah. You know, it's like, not that's like a typical job yeah. where it's like, or maybe not a typical job, but like but some jobs where you can progress. Yeah. I can yeah. think about, a lot of our friends work corporate jobs or yeah. work for the public service and there's very clear yeah, promotional pathways, yeah. pathways and like areas to excel yeah. and have more responsibility. But I guess when you yeah. you have all the responsibility you need exactly. when you're like, when you're starting. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it's like, well, when I start working, I'll be 22 and then what well, I'm going to do that until I'm like 60. Yeah. Like that's a long so I, I don't I don't know really if yeah. I'll do it for but I like I do enjoy it and I definitely want to pursue it more and I yeah. do I like the medical field I think I don't think that I would oh I don't actually I don't want to say that I wouldn't do anything outside of the medical field because I do enjoy yeah my animals never <laughs> my say other never. little side thing yeah, yeah. exactly and <laughs> I would never want to like fully be like yeah. no I won't do anything else but I do definitely I see myself working in it and I think the placement definitely made me more confident in that because like the super, my supervisors were so supportive and they really helped me just feel more confident in myself. Yeah. And th- that little self doubt that I had that maybe I wasn't like skilled enough to do this job or it just wasn't for me like that. They really helped reassure yeah. that. And so I definitely see myself like working there for at least some period of my life. Yeah. Yeah. That's good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one of the last couple of questions I really want to ask you mm-hmm. is we've talked about how it can be rough, how it can be physically and mentally yeah. draining, but there's obviously a lot of rewards. What kind of, what do you do to unwind? You know, obviously seeing dead bodies all the time mm-hmm. and being exposed to death can be quite overwhelming. Like what mm-hmm. kind of supports you in your personal life to be able to do that day in, day out when you begin yeah. working? I have a really kind of strong network of, well, like I have a small amount of very close people in my life. Yeah. Like my my roommates and my mum and my partner, like all like mm. I can talk to them about that. And if I yeah, I, I tell them about what I've what I've been through and like obviously I can't tell them a lot of specifics for yeah. legal reasons because of confidentiality and that, but it it's good to be able to tell them at least if I've had a rough yeah. day. Yeah. And those and those people are very important to my life. And if I tell them that I've had a bad day, they will be there for me. Yeah. And I also have quite a strong like rewind 
kind of I really enjoy me time yeah <laughs> I'm a very me time person at the end of the day um and I was telling you before you know I do my yoga um I have like a pretty strong when I'm in a routine I have a pretty strong like exercise kind of routine like I keep myself like and the yoga for me is really nice like I put on my meditation music and I just yeah kind of step out of my head for a sec yeah and I think that's really important for me mm. to unwind yeah I think that's kind of the main thing so like the yeah the connections that I have with my friends and family yeah and so important yeah exactly which I think is in anything is really important but again that community actually in the workplace and being able to talk to everyone and actually whilst at uni I've it's been really like drilled into us like to make sure you're okay we had a whole lecture series one time Mm. about your mental health Mm. and making sure you're okay and we have to do these like reflections as assignments which is essentially just how do I feel? <laughs> yeah, our lecturers being like, are you okay? Because <laughs> even when I wrote a reflection um, earlier this year, um, I talked about some of my personal experiences and how that was making me nervous to go on placement and continue in this career. But And then my lecturer actually reached out to me and was oh. like, please come and talk to me about this. And then we arranged to have this like one-on-one meeting and yeah. we and like we talked it out with her and it, she was really lovely about it. So th- like it's it's been really good support from the uni but then again in my personal life but I think that's because I spend a lot of time like explaining to my family and friends like what exactly I'm doing kind of thing so they understand it on a deeper level like my partner knows everything about anatomy like go off he watches all my lectures what a king yeah (laughs) yeah so yeah yeah that's really good and I think final question Mm mm-hmm you know, the whole kind of theme of this is like, this is unconventional. Yes. Right. Yes. You're doing something that is so important to society. I think is really overlooked. Yeah. Like when it gets down to it, like, yeah, I think that was half my surprise when you told me like, I'm, um, you know, I'm a mortician or like, yeah. I'm a, what is the job? Forensic, forensic mortuary te- forensic technician. Forensic mortuary technician. Um, <laughs> and I guess if there's someone listening, maybe they found this episode because they're like, I actually want to do this. Yeah. Maybe they watched the same BBC series as you yeah. and were like, oh, interesting. <laughs> what would be like your one piece of advice? Um, I definitely think to expose yourself because on YouTube, actually, because it's educational, there is numerous videos of autopsies. What? Yeah. That's how I, I started watching them in high school. Like I had a favorite autopsy in high school because you can watch, like you can, it's the same way that wow. if you've ever seen like birthing videos are on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's educational. So it's not, it's not a gore. Banned. It's not gory. It's yeah. Not well, gore, I mean, gore. it is gore, yeah, it but it's is not gore, gore for yeah, the sake of gore. Exactly. Like, it's yeah. like a medical procedure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so definitely expose yourself to those things because the times that I was feeling doubts was during lockdown when I couldn't have any of my classes online and I wasn't going into my like anatomy labs where we had you know the cadaveric specimens and that kind of thing and that was when I was like do I really want to be doing this and it wasn't until then I was more in person again and started actually being exposed to like the the bodies that I like really like reignited my passion because I love like I'm very interested in the anatomy and like the science of it all um, so I would definitely say that, but, um, also just making sure that like, it's not going to be too much yeah. for you because that's like I said we ha- earlier that there's quite a high dropout rate, I think in this degree. Yeah. Um, but you, you're like, again, you're never going to know until you yeah. try. And if you do have an interest, then that's good. But <laughs> in saying that, I think that my degree is being 
cancelled by my uni because they what? don't think there's enough. How are you gonna do? How are they gonna do it then? I think I think one of my lecturers wants to make it a a master's program at a different uni or something. Yeah, like okay. there will be a pathway, but it's yeah, it's 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 a very small field. It's definitely something that's hard to yeah. get into. I would say it's not. Well, first of all, it's not for everyone, but it's yeah. also yeah, it's very small. Everyone knows everyone, kind of thing. Um, so yeah think through your choices yeah and yeah and it, I think in the future it might be a bit harder like I'm very privileged that I had the chance to do this degree because yeah. it's only been running since 2019 I think oh so yeah very it hasn't very amazing yeah so but I think I I believe they will do it I know they do it in other states it's just yeah. m- me talking New South Wales in general yeah for, yeah for the Australian yeah, audience. Yeah, for the Australian audience. This is not for an international. Because, well, the job is quite different in other countries anyway. Yeah, um, you can imagine. Yeah. So it very much varies across the world. But, yeah, I think that's kind of, mm. yeah, if you if you really do have a passion for it, it's definitely worth it. Because it, it's, an, it's an experience. Yeah. Because even the people I went on placement with, like I said, a lot of them might not even go and end up into this field. But they still went through the placement because what an experience yeah you know it's yeah. not something that everyone else is going, is to, do. going to do yeah yeah like 99.999 percent of the world will <laughs> exactly. never know what it feels like yeah exactly well yeah thank you so much for coming oh, on no thank you for having me it's been fun yeah did you enjoy it <laughs> yeah yeah did we all learn something <laughs> hopefully oh my gosh hopefully oh i think we probably did. i definitely learned something <laughs> this is such a fascinating episode and thank you for just sharing your learnings and your experience Thank you. <laughs> and to be honest, it makes me feel a lot better about dying. That someone's yeah. gonna wash my hair for me. Exactly. When, when I'm dead. We all we do really care. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Such, it's honestly really sweet. Like I yeah. No, that sounds strange to say. Maybe I don't think it's strange, but like for other people listening, being like, mm. oh, what this sounds sweet. But it makes me feel really nice that yeah. like there is this sense of respect for people after they're 100%, gone. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and that there's people like you who are passionate about that and willing mm. to do that work. exactly any final comments before we wrap up this lovely episode Mm, oh my gosh not really but just thank you for having me it's been really nice yeah yeah I really hope that people have you know learned something or at least found it interesting yeah (laughs) I did yeah well thank you so much for listening as always um thank you to Laura um (laughs) and if you feel compelled and you really enjoyed this episode share it wherever you feel um and leave a five-star review on either Spotify Apple Podcasts or wherever you're getting your podcasts and remember to subscribe thank you so much Ugh, our 20s. The drunk dialing, the forgetting to wash our face at night, and yes, neglecting our teeth. Don't do that last one. You only get one set of teeth, so you need to protect them. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface and locks in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. Pronamel also makes a new mouthwash, which helps to repair acid-weakened enamel beyond brushing alone. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy your toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit pronamel.com today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
As someone who works for themselves, I'm always looking for ways to make my life a little bit easier. One of those things is Canva's AI-powered Canva presentations. When I need to make a deck super quick for a meeting or a pitch, I just start with a prompt, describe my presentations in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides in seconds. It is the perfect way to get a head start on my slides. It's incredibly easy to learn and use and they also look incredible. I can then customize based on my favorite style and content, and there we go. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com, designed for work.